All right, we're going to, uh, of course, go to the book of Proverbs. I can't keep two things up here, so I just have to use my notebook up on this little podium. I keep a little bit of weight on it, and it starts to drop. So um, we, I'm trying to see where we uh, left off the last time. I believe, let's see here. I believe it was here. Let me, let's see, I, I think I had it marked. Um, yes, that's where we are. We're going to, we'll pick up here, the fools will finish it, should finish it today. Uh, the Proverbs chapter 26, verse 7 said, The legs of the lame are not equal, so is the parable in the mouth of the fools. That's kind of where I'm pretty sure where we're leaving off. Fools twist words of wisdom. The legs of a lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Uh, they, the, uh, the, the parable, the truth that comes out, comes out and it's not right. It's twisted. It's, it's, it's lame. And uh, wise men are always misunderstood and therefore misquoted by fools. It is for this reason that wise and godly leaders are often misrepresented. Uh, you know, you have to, and I mentioned this already, but you have to be so careful, uh, especially in this new age where you can write something so quickly uh, and you can just throw it out there and you can throw it out emotionally or whatever, but you got to be really, really careful what you say and what you put out because uh, even even if you had the best of intent, if you don't say it rightly, that's why there's a thing called in the Bible called discretion. Discretion is, is vital because it's how you say what you say. Uh, it's how you approach people and, and how you deliver even the truth because uh, the world can twist the truth and, uh, and people can twist the truth. And honestly, sometimes they can just misunderstand what you're saying. Uh, you can just, uh, like uh, my old teacher used to say, you you might, you might put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. You know, and, and it changes everything because the emphasis was not right at the right place. And so uh, they may have just heard you and, and totally believed that's what you said. So, uh, but the fool doesn't do that. The fool takes what you said and he twists it. He twists what you, what you said. It's, it's why we must be careful about forming opinions about the ministries of others without hearing it firsthand. And we mentioned this. We need to get truth. We need to hear. You know, you go to a, a crime scene or you go to a car accident the way I used to a long, long time ago. You go there and there will be, almost inevitably, there will be witnesses. Uh, now, uh, it's amazing. You can talk to three witnesses who all claim to have seen the same, seen the same thing, but that yet they'll relay it totally differently. Uh, then you could, then you'll find people that'll say they saw it, but they didn't see it at all. What they're doing, they're saying what somebody else said. Uh, you ought to do one of those those games. We ought to do it in this room some sometime, or you know, if I thought about it, maybe done it this morning. But if you start right here and I start Brother Kenzie and I tell him a little short story and tell him to whisper it to the next person and, and uh, Ms. Rogers whispers it to the next person, you wouldn't believe the, the, the story that began and what it'll end. It'll just, it'll get so changed so quickly. Uh, and that's just when people are not intentionally do it. A fool will twist it intentionally, the, the words of the wise. So 
Fools twist the words of wisdom. Uh, next, uh, even so, let me just say this. They even twist the words of wisdom from the Word of God. Did I say something wrong, Gruba? No, it doesn't. Okay, you just kind of smiled there, and I thought, okay, that's, did I just twist something? Uh, uh, but they will, you know, the words of wisdom, greatest wisdom comes from the Word of God, and it's amazing how they will manipulate even God's Word. How, how they will say this is what God said or God meant or this is the, the real definition. I, I'm going to uh, just say this again to you. Be very, very careful of definitions. Greek and Hebrew definitions, Strong's definitions. I'm not saying don't use them. I use them. But you've got to compare them with other definitions. You've got to compare them with, with I, I love comparing them always with Webster's 1828 Dictionary. But you've got to compare them. You've got to compare them with t- context because definitions are not inspired and they have changed over the, over the course of time. And watch this, they're continuing to change. And the definitions that were used for a Bible word 30 years ago, they don't define it the same way today. And be honest with you, in many instances, what they've done is they've rewritten definitions to correlate with new versions of the Bible. So that when people look at the definition, they'll say, oh, this new version is, it is much better translated because this is closer to the definition. The definition is not inspired. It's not inspired. Somebody wrote that and somebody even changed that along the way to fit what they wanted the definition to be. And so you have to be very, very careful. Fools will twist even definitions. So uh, the next statement is in Proverbs 26, 9. Fools turn words of wisdom into words that cause conflict and pain. They not only twist the words to manipulate what you're saying, they they will twist words to cause pain for other people. Uh, It's going on right right now. It it has for who knows how long or maybe throughout all of history, especially in the political realm. People will say something, but people will twist what they say or take blurbs of what they say. I'd hate to be a politician. Just, it'd just be scary. It's almost as bad, you know, and one of the reasons that, that you know, we uh, are not live on, uh, you know, one, we don't know the technology, but two, you know, I'm not sure I would even if we could just to put out everything that I say live because, man, people can take any humorous statement. You can just make a joke and they'll, bam, take that little statement and make it as though you were saying it seriously and, and, and just, just twist it off. It says, Proverbs 26, 9, As a thorn goeth into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. The word that's here translated parable means a proverb, a short, striking sentence containing wisdom. Next, uh, this kind of review. Next is, God judges fools for their folly. This is what we've got to understand so often, and, and I'm, I'm no better than anybody else on this, so often it just gets incredibly frustrating, uh, depressing, even almost, you know, causes you to be angry because you know the words of people are being twisted, your words are being twisted, God's words are being twisted, and, and here's the thing, you're just like, okay, God, do something. Well, here's what you got to understand, God will. 
Uh, Proverbs 26.10, Proverbs 26.10, the great God that formed all things before, uh, <coughs> all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth the transgressors. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish, I, I'm going to bring their just reward to the fool, just as I'll bring the just reward to the transgressor, to the sinner. The sinner is, be sure your sin will find you out, the scripture says. Well, God says, just like the sinner, I, I'll reward him. I'll reward the fool also. So it, it's, we've got to leave it in God's hands. That's not an easy thing to do at times. Sometimes when, you, especially your words have been twisted, uh, it's a hard thing to, to back away and say, okay, God, I know you're going to deal with this. Uh, our problem is we want God to do it in our time and our way. God's not going to do that. He's going to do it in his time and his way. And so uh, then we go to <clears throat> the next one. Is Proverbs twelve fifteen. I want to be able to finish these today. Uh, fools see no need for counsel. Proverbs twelve fifteen. The the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And and again, proverbs are comparison um, uh, verses. Compare. Uh, there's a the, the first part of this verse is compared to the second part, and so it says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth to the counsel is wise. He's saying the fool doesn't go to the wise man for counsel. The 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 wise man hearkens to counsel and gets counsel, and he he listens to it. He says, but the fool doesn't do that. He says these two are completely different. And so the fool doesn't see the need to get counsel. And I'll just tell you, Scripture tells you that you should. Scripture tells you that wisdom comes through a multitude of counselors. But the, the fool doesn't want the counselor. The fool doesn't need the counselor because the fool already knows everything already. Uh, he, you know, that's the way he feels. He's got the answers. He knows everything. He doesn't need anything. Uh, matter of fact, uh, he's not going to ask somebody because if I ask you, you may disagree with me, and I don't want anybody disagreeing with me. I don't want anybody not agreeing with what I say, so I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm going to tell everybody. And so that's the fool. And, of course, any, you know, these, you, you say, again, why are we doing this? Hopefully we can recognize these, and probably as we go through some of these, sometimes in your mind, you may say, whoo, I've had a tendency to be that way. Or you may say, man, I know somebody like that. I grew up with somebody like that. I, I know somebody that you, they knew everything about everything, and they never asked for any, any advice. They were always ready to give everybody else advice. Uh, and so, uh, now, the next one, this is a little bit of a hard one here, Proverbs 14.1. Proverbs 14.1, and here's the statement, a woman who undermines her home is a fool. A woman who undermines her home is a fool. Listen to this verse, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. God says the foolish woman Instead of building and strengthening her house and strengthening her marriage and strengthening her children. And how do you do that? You do that through the wisdom of the Word of God. You do that through wise counsel. You do that through sub, sub, submission to the Word of God. You do that. But, but, the, uh, <clears throat> but there is one. There are women that will tear down their home. Tear down. Uh, we were, I think my wife mentioned we had talked about it. Uh, before she went to speak to the ladies the other night, but 
But it's an it's a really it's an amazing truth. But but when and this is, doesn't apply just to the woman and principles like this, even though this is directed at the woman because the woman has such the influence in the home, she has such an influence over the children. That's why God puts it this way. It doesn't change the fact that the principle is still true for the man. The man can build his home or he can destroy his home. Um, but. You know, when in Colossians, and I think it's Colossians 3.20, but I may be getting Ephesians messed up here. But, I, but in Colossians, it says, children obey your parents in all things. Now, in Ephesians, it says, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But in Colossians, it says, children obey your parents, watch this, in all things. Now, here's the thing. If you have a, 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 a father and a mother, and those two cannot agree in the home, and they won't agree on how to reach the, teach the children or rear the children or correct the children. If they won't agree, then here's, we've, we've run into a problem now because the child now cannot fulfill that Scripture because it says children obey your parents, both of them. Children obey both of your parents in all things. Well, if the two of them are going opposite directions, that child can't obey. Now, here's what's so important. God's principle also teaches that if that child does not honor their parents, their life will be shortened. And so you take this child and you force it to disobey somebody in the home, you're tearing down the home. You're even shortening the lifespan of your child. You're forcing it to be. And who caused that? A husband or a wife or both. Now, next, fool's words are motivated by pride. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 3. Look at Proverbs 14, 3. We're in chapter 14 already, so we're kind of keeping these a little bit together. And, but um, it says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Now look at that. The mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Pres- preserve the mouth of, of, the, of the wise. The lips of the wise shall preserve them. They'll, what they say is going to is going to help them or preserve the wise, but the foolish man, his what comes out of his mouth is pride. It's, and it's a rod of pride because it's, an, it's used for attack. It's used to destroy. The fool not only believes that he holds the right opinions, but he, all, but he is also convinced that he, he arrived at those opinions on his own. Here's, here's, a real, when, when a, here's a sign of a fool. When a fool thinks... He has come up with everything. And and watch this. We have to understand, there's nothing new under the sun. But, you know, know, I thought of this. I I came up with this. That was my idea. Um, The fool not only believes that he holds the right opinions, but he is also convinced he arrived at those opinions on his own, that he did not receive any help or instruction from others, and that he therefore deserves all the credit for everything that he has come up with. Now, uh, the wise person, of course, is quick to concede that the fool is solely responsible for his, his bad opinions. Um, but here's, 
it, it, for, I'm glad young people are in here today, and this is part of the reason I'm going to you know, enjoy getting to go to different classes to teach. But, uh, and I'll probably teach through all of this, through all of the classes, so some of you may get a you know, rehash of this. But this is, this is forgive me, but this, is, uh, uh, this statement right here is a really um, prominent issue in today's society. It's a very prominent issue, forgive me, in, in what we call millennials. It's because we've, we've got young people that grew up in, in good homes, not perfect homes. They grew up in, in good fundamental homes, not perfect homes, but, but they were good. And they tried real hard, and they were loving, and they tried to reach people for Christ, and they tried to teach their children the best they could. And those children have now grown up and they have turned against mom and dad. They have attacked mom and dad. They have criticized mom and dad. They've made this statement that they were never taught anything. They were just forced to obey rules but never taught anything. They, they've gone through all these kind of statements. And, and, and here's, here's the problem. They put themselves up as being the bearers of all wisdom and knowledge and direction, they know how life should be in their late 20s. They know how everything should be, and they know how it should have been, and they know how everybody did everything wrong. They are so capable and talented and intelligent and able how in the world did they get so perfect out of this horrible family? And they will not acknowledge that they were taught something along the way. Most of them have the wives and the families they have because of the, the, the homes that they came through or the college that they went to. They had this life, and yet they say... They found it themselves. They arrived because they studied where those before them didn't study. They arrived because they, they learned Scripture that others before them, they learned why. And, and I, you know, I told one guy one time, uh, I said, you know, you, you want to challenge everybody and say, give me Scripture and verse, give me Scripture and verse for what you believe. I said, you know why? Because... It's easy for you to give Scripture and verse for what you don't believe. You understand what I just said? If you don't believe anything, you don't need any Scripture and verse for it. You just say, no, I don't agree with that. No, I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that. I don't have to have Scripture and verse to not believe something. It's kind of like when you go out visiting, and I used to tell Young people, the, uh, they'd go out, and we, especially my sailor workers, we had this cult that would come up, and, and man, they would uh, it seemingly would know so much Bible compared to our young freshmen, sophomore, junior, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and they would, and, and our guys would get real discouraged, like, man, they just know so much. And I said, no, 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 listen, listen. They know what to refute you about. They've memorized certain verses to refute you, the Baptist. Okay? said, so, but here's what you've got to understand. As a Baptist, 
I've got to know how to refute the Jehovah's Witness, the Church of Christ, the Mormon, this cult, everything out there, the, you know, the Catholic. Well, I've got to refute everything. And I said, the chances of you having all of that memorized is pretty slim. And some people will say, and even some of these modern-day young critics that have a pretty high IQ that are able to do things that, you know, memorize things that others, and that's one of their criticisms, that we're ignorant and unlearned. Now, the fact that you, you know, Brother Kenzie, you might be able to sit down in 15 minutes uh, uh, to memorize an entire chapter of of the Bible because you might have that mind. The fact that I don't have that kind of mind doesn't make me less of a man or less of a man of God. God put this brain in me. Truthfully, God put the IQ in me. Okay? Uh, And concussions took a lot of it away from me. Now, it's, it's just amazing, though, but that's the fool. The fool... The fool is so motivated by his pride that he thinks that he didn't get it from anybody. He didn't need his parents. He didn't need those teachers. They didn't do anything for him. He arrived at his greatness himself. And we got a whole generation of them out there like that. All right. Number 30, whatever. I'm not sure how they're numbered. Uh, I got this, this. This I've got like three different numbers. I got 32, 31, 24 back here. So I'm not sure. Um, fools are masters of deceit. Fools are masters of deceit. Proverbs 14:8. Look at Proverbs 14:8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is, is deceit. The structure of the phase, the folly of fools, is important. It is a way of stating that something, uh, stating something in the superlative, as in, and by that I mean the poorest of the poor, or the, the greatest of the great, or the richest of the rich. And so it's really the folly of fools is the ultimate foolishness. And so, a similar saying of a teacher who excels that he's a teacher's teachers. Solomon was saying that the fool's major form of foolishness is his deception. It's his deception. I mentioned this already. That's why, uh, you know, I've had people over the years, I want to debate you. I don't want to, you know, you know let's debate, let's debate, let's debate. And I won't do it. You say, why? Are you afraid to? And that's what they'll tell you. You're afraid to? Sure. That's what you want to believe, sure. Are you, you, you're not sure what you believe? No, I know what I believe. I just know this. If we get into the debate, it's not truth that will win. It's whoever has the quickest mind to manipulate facts or manipulate information, not even fact. That's what happens to these crazy political debates. They get up there, and watch this. Most of the people are listening. They're just listening to see who won with the quickest wit, the quickest statement. Nobody out there even knows if they're telling the truth. 
And can I tell you, most of them, most of the politicians, when they're, it's like my daddy says, if their mouth open, they're lying. That's how you tell they're lying. Their mouth was open. And so, uh, <laughs> Uh, now, that's, that's pretty cynical, but it's, it's also really close to being the truth. So, the, the structure of the fa- phrase, though, is, is, is this is absolutely saying that this, the fool, his, his ultimate tool is deceit. And, that's, and they're so good at it. Uh, truth is, many a church has been destroyed because a fool enters in with his deceit. And he starts sowing deceit. He starts sowing to people. It doesn't have to be truth. It's innuendo. It's speculation. It's accusation. And, and again, here we are. It's a very foolish thing to believe an accusation because it was made. The fact that somebody said something happened does not mean it happened. But we're in such a world that you've got to cover yourself. You've got to be careful. That's why I, you know, got windows in a door. I wish my door had a bigger window. You know, Brother Rogers. I wish my door had a bigger window, Brother Rogers. I wish, so, uh, you know, because anybody that I counsel, once I shut that door, they can say I said or did anything and listen, I got no way to defend myself. I really don't. Not unless I video everything that goes on in my office. And I don't want people to see me sleeping in my office. So, so. <coughs> fools are, de- are devoted to dishonesty and it's usually unwise to trust them. Not usually, it really is not. Uh, it is safe, in fact, to automatically assume that a fool is lying. The chance that he is telling the truth is small. And you say, well, I thought he, he's really always using deceit. He tells the truth sometimes to mix truth with lies. That's the ultimate deceit. That's the, that's the most dangerous deceit. It's truth mixed with lies. Because here's what he'll do. He'll throw out truth to hook you, and then he starts throwing in the lies. So, number next, and I'm not going to finish them. I'm going to come close, but... Um, a fool is always unwilling to consider the possibility that he might be wrong. Again, why are we doing this? So that we can recognize because being around or associating or letting a fool influence you can destroy you, can make you a fool. So we got to recognize them. And when you are around somebody that just absolutely refuses to admit they are wrong ever about anything, Proverbs 12, 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. Same verse that we used before, but the, it doesn't say sometimes. It says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. Uh, it doesn't say part of the time. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. That means he just believes he's right. He's right. Whatever he says is right. And, and watch this, the fool we've already learned, he's hot-headed. And watch it, when you get hot-headed, when you lose your temper, you say all kinds of things. Like that, we say things we don't mean, but watch, once it's said, he's still right. I, I, I won't use names, but I, I know a, a preacher that got himself into a lot of trouble because he made a statement. I don't think he really meant 
But his pride, he would not say, I made the wrong statement. Or I I didn't really mean to make that statement. He didn't do that. Now that he had made the statement, he was going to do everything in his power to prove that he was right when, even when he said it, I believe he knew he was wrong. But he wasn't going to be wrong. So, uh, and I'll give you one more. We got just, we're already past time. But a uh, fool is given, is given to griping and complaining. Proverbs 12, 16 says, A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. A, pru- a fool's wrath is presently known. Now, how's it presently known? He's going to let you know about it. He is going to let you know about it. He's going to be griping, complaining, criticizing, attacking. He's going to let you know about it. Anybody know anybody like that that's going to let you know about it? (laughs) Uh, They're going to let you know about it. And that's a sign of foolishness. All right, I didn't finish them, uh, but somewhere along the way in one of my classes somewhere as I go to teach, I will remember we have the four divisions, basically, of adult classes that you you can go to. I hope you join, uh, Brother, uh, honestly, I'm excited about Brother Rogers going to be teaching on how to study the Bible. How long you'll be doing that, I don't know. That's almost an endless subject. So, uh, yeah, it's just incredible because it, you can just, there's another little trick and there's another little method and there's another little thing. Yeah, I mean, it could just go on and on and on uh, to, to do that. So, uh, anyway, uh, I would love for you to, to don't not, I mean, don't stop coming to Sunday school because we're not having this. We're going to have prayer time in here before Sunday school. Then you've got opportunity to go into classes. You've got, you know, learn to 